Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Nia Brown, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, you know, it has been a while, but, you know, it's great that we've been in contact, you know, back and forth for quite some time and just keeping up on all the new things that are going on. And I think, you know, now is the best time for you to go ahead and get the rest of us caught up on exactly what you've been doing since the last time. Oh, absolutely. It has been dynamic. I have relocated to Metro Atlanta and I've been living here for two years and uh, I tell you, um, taking a leap of faith and stepping out, um, being obedient to the call of God has turned out to be a blessing. Um, I, you know, the scripture that says um, that we just can expect exceedingly abundantly more, right, than um, what we expect has certainly happened with me in this move. And so life is full, um, blessed, um, highly favored, and grateful more importantly, very grateful for what God has done. So I am doing a couple of new things with respect to the writing. I am anticipating releasing a new book, um, actually several new books in the next four to six months. So um, actually one would go out before the end of 2014. I'm looking forward to my book of affirmations going from the limited edition format into paperback and more affirmations and other inspirational messages along with that. So I'm very excited about that. I have been teaching Zumba 
in the last year here in Atlanta, <laughs> and <laughs> I was listening to your rocking theme song, thinking, yeah, I can I keep doing uh, some Zumba choreo to that and, <laughs> and turn it up, <laughs> turn it up. Yeah, that was one so, of the surprising things I saw when I was doing my research to see that you had a whole page dedicated to Zumba, so... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, actually okay. a brand new website. <laughs> a brand new website which is www.nia22.zumba.com. And yes, I you know, I tell people, um, after the practice of law, right? Um, spending five years practicing law and then um transitioning from career to calling and moving from being a prosecutor in a juvenile court unit in Philadelphia to saving youth in the trenches before they get to the bar of the court. In my work mm. with communities and schools, yeah, of Delaware, you know, just following my heart and my passion to work with young people, literally birthed, enabled me to birth um, the artist in me. That's when I was able to release those books, write those books, and release those books of poetry, the novel, the novella. I also birthed the educator in me, and I say in the decade of my 30s, these are things that God enabled me to do. And also in that process, I birthed Mia. You know, I was Marnie by birth, and God just literally renamed me Purpose. Um, you will inspire purpose, live purpose, coach purpose, and live and breathe purpose. And so I've taken several journeys in a purpose-driven life. You know, that book by Rick Warren, which has sold millions of copies um, years ago, it's um, really been uh, full for me, and I have literally birthed purpose in my life largely mm. and so the Zumba was really the decade of my 40s <laughs> is what it's <laughs> but before we get into the... Zumba let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more because some people probably are listening to this for the first time and understanding that they just heard a lot of transitions there you know that mm-hmm. you talked about briefly and um, you know just nail that down for them a little bit talk about you know your your self-discovery and that road that you took to sort of really find your true purpose and transition out of what you were doing that um, was not fulfilling what you thought you were put on earth to do. Well, it's interesting that you say that. I will go back. Um, I know that this I've done several interviews with you where we talk about this, but it is important at this juncture for me to kind of recap on that because it's a process, right? It was all of it was a process, and I just love life for that reason. Um, so in the transition from practicing law, I practiced law for five years, and the transition from the law to what I call purpose and calling was not an overnight um, process at all. Um, I had the desire to be an attorney from the age of seven, and when I went to Penn State and Temple Law School, I my desire and my intent was to practice law for the entirety of my life, you know, just to retire as um, an attorney practicing law. And the process of receiving that call to literally work with young people in the trenches in the high school, the largest high school in Delaware, was an overnight process that was part of transition. At the time, I had just moved to Delaware and um, got married and moved to Delaware. And as a prosecutor in the city and county of Philadelphia, you have to live in the city and county of Philadelphia. So it was really that that uh, move initially in my marriage that took me to Delaware that really began um, the process of pondering what direction do I want to go in. And so as I started looking um, in for employment there in Delaware, it was actually communities and schools that where I actually landed in my lap. Now, I did have a vision that connected with communities and schools. In the early practice of the law, I had started a nonprofit organization, and the um, the proposal, the strategic plan was pretty comprehensive. So I had that vision, and I ended up living that vision through communities and schools of Delaware, which is actually communities and schools as a national nonprofit organization. They are the largest stay-in-school network in the nation with with over 200 affiliates. And so it was purposeful. God purposed that. And I did a lot of, it was a process. I didn't just overnight say I'm not practicing law any longer. It, um, I, I thought about it and prayed about it and went back to it many times. Here's the thing. Purpose was so fulfilling, birthing the artist in me and birthing the educator in me. Right around the time that I started the nonprofit work, I started teaching at Wilmington University. I also, like I said, wrote several books in a short period of time. I released five books 
between 2001 and 2005 and went on tour with those books. And so when purpose seizes you largely like that, it, um, I, I, I didn't want for the practice of law. I didn't look back really. I was, it was just life was so full and the results were presenting themselves you know, the results were there, I should say, very quickly. And so that, that was, it was a process, however. And um, as a writer who has over 55 journals, I really love the writing process and inspire um, the writing process. That's been part of the journey for me, being able to um, reflect and to write and to um, embrace holistic life practices, which is something that I've done in the last decade as well, has fostered this process of purpose in my life. So the practice of affirmation, the practice of gratitude, deep breathing, and just taking a moment, being still, knowing that the Almighty is, right, and allowing mm-hmm. um, the, yeah, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you as you are open to change. Because when you talk about transition, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that I embrace change, the only constant, right, in the world. All of life is the process of change, the only thing constant. It's changed, and so that's really what I did in those moments and have always done is kind of been intrigued to embrace embrace change in my life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a complicated process for a lot of us who have not been as successful because when when you get into the point where you know you need to change without the guidance that you need by connecting to your purpose – you you can just waver. You find yourself doing different things, but you're still not fulfilling your purpose and finding your real true value in what you're doing because of that. So, um, you know, it, it's great that you were able to focus and, and look at the responses you got and understand that you were on the right path. But, you know, that's something that I think that um, a lot of people could learn from your uh, particular situation, being able to go and take a new direction and um continue on that path. Yeah, I think my life, I know that my life was designed to be an inspiration to others. I know that overcoming the odds of the statistics that I that I am, right? I had my first child when I was 15. Mm-hmm. I'm a teen mom and will always be a teen mom. But And I know that God has enabled me to um, have certain gifts, talents, abilities to defy those statistics and Part of that is, is just um, the gift of embracing change. I changed schools every year until the ninth grade, and so I, mm. I wanted I want to be able to say that um, you know that I have this uh, innate ability, right? I'm calling on one of my poems. This innate ability yeah. to embrace, <laughs> right? To embrace and inspire change, and perhaps I do because I was able to go into every school year. And 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 still be successful, and still manage, and still manage that environment. And so uh, that's exactly what I do now. I love I love embracing change. I, I believe that um, this is what we are meant to do. We are universal matter, right? We we are a part of this universe, and universe is a process of change. It's all. And so I believe that as long as we have breath, um, as long as we have the breath of life in our bodies that we're supposed to grow and transform. We're not supposed to stay, stay the same. We're supposed to grow. We were in, uh, designed to grow. And so I know that my ability to embrace change and also my innate ability to inspire people, I know my life was designed to be an inspiration to others. Um, I know that that is all you know, part of what I'm called to do in inspiring people to purpose as well, to with all of their heart, mind, spirit, soul, everything within them, you know, seek purpose, wow. live purpose, yeah, and live your live mm-hmm. and leave your legacy, yeah. Well, Nia, I got to tell you, um, your your CD, Marnie speaks truth. <laughs> it's uh, Marnie mm-hmm. speaks Marnie speaks truth. I've worn yeah. that thing out. I mean, <laughs> honestly, and and there's yeah. so much in it that often I will have a subject on one of my shows and I and I hear something, I say, Wow. Yeah. Nia's got one Dude. for that too. Let me go ahead and play that real quick to close the show out. Okay. And, and that's exactly what I'll do. I mean, it's just so phenomenal because 
even today, it speaks about things that are going on right here and now. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that later, but um, you've got some new stuff that you want to share. So um, tell us about this new project and um, what inspired (laughs) this, because it's different than your other work. Um, And and, uh, it's it's funny. It's a little lighthearted, but still serious. Message is the same. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about this one. So it's kind of a spoof on number one hit singles, right? And so it's called my number one hit single. Um, But I really began to think about, and it was kind of gripping me, this concept of healthy listening choices for our young people and some of the things Mm -hmm. that are played on the radio to just a good beat. You know, it seems like sometimes if you have the beat, you can almost say anything and have it aired on the radio. And I'm really concerned about our, our young people. I'm concerned about, as you know from my poetry, about the moral fiber deteriorating. I'm concerned about that village that I grew up in, in the old school, uh, where respect was the bottom line. We understood everyone you know, say, said the same thing. We understood what the expectations were around behavior. And, um, and um, you know, this concept of technology, we're moving so quickly nowadays that it seems like the babies have their hands on all the technology, right? But kids don't mm-hmm. know how to go outside and just play and have fun the way we did. Right. I played outside and had fun and, and we were healthier as a result of that. So I, I just thought, give me the mic. Let me have my number one hit single. Let me, give me a good beat. And, and let me just bring this message in this poem. And the intent is to send it, literally send it straight to number one and for all the proceeds <laughs> of this hit single, right? <laughs> right? So right, it, it right. really increase awareness of the importance of healthy listening choices, and then all the proceeds from that number one hit single will go to a nonprofit organization. And so it really is about getting the conversation started as well. And I've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. I've been writing poems about it. I've spoken about it in that CD that you just mentioned. And so it's time for me to, to, to turn it up a little bit, Michael, to turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll have to feature it on that show as well. But, you know, um, I guess, we can go ahead and jump right into it now. We'll talk a little bit more about number one single right after this. What are we listening to? I told you, well, listen to anything with a good beat. And we're just saying any old thing. Anything at all. Yo, I got something to say. Give me the mic. Here's my stupid hit record. This generation is generated and this joint is unrated. This generation is generated babies with cell phones nurturing on a megabyte super size faster and faster instead of mother's milk. This generation is generated by fabrication, fiction, understand my addiction, lack of motivation, unseen possibility, predilection, predisposed by those in the industry. See, they are plugged into the matrix by design, out of the womb we lead them to a state of condition of constipation, of motivation, they can't move, lazy mindset, or not can't, and it's all because they can't, they can't. My stupid hit record, you see, it's funny, but what are we really listening to? Peanut butter and jelly and chicken noodle soup and give me $20, give me $20. And what are our children going to do without an education, lack of motivation, media partially to blame, and that fortune and fame, and that easy way out the world south? Everybody want to shout American Idol, blame it on the alcohol. Why don't you spike your song with a little con? Tell the youth to learn, tell the youth they can, tell the youth they must, tell the youth to read, tell the youth to work, tell the youth to go outside and play and have some fun. Go on and double dutch and hopscotch style, go on and hoo hoo, go retro, go back to a place in a space and time when respect was the bottom line, when respect was the foundation. See, I'm going back, I'm going back, give me the mic, I'm going back, give me the mic. Come on with me. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. 
sitting up on the porch in Chester. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. I'm sitting on the porch in Chester. Sitting up on the porch in Chester. Mama, can you get me some rip say what? Mama, can you get me some rip say what? Mama, can you get me some rip say what? Mama, can you get me some rip? What? I'm going to the store for some hokies and shit. I'm going to the store for some hokies and shit. I'm going to the store for some hokies and shit. And some pineapple soda. And Raheem, can you get me some now when they is Raheem? Can you get me some now when they is Raheem? Can you get me some now when they is uh, uh, uh. Having a little fun going back retro to a time and place the elders did know moving slow and I'm taking the block off the block with this rocking beat and the words I speak. Give me the mic straight to number one, baby. Straight to number one. It's my number one hit single. Super super hit record. Super 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 hit record. Super 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 hit record. My hit record, my hit hit record. Super super hit record. Super 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 hit record. Super 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 hit record. Hit record, my hit hit record. It's the number one single. It's the number one single. It's the number one single. Do the top, baby. Do the top, baby. It's my number one single. It's my number one single. It's my number one single. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sitting on the porch in New York. You're sitting on the porch in Cali. You're sitting on the porch in Chicago. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? You sitting on the porch in Tulsa. You sitting on the porch in Atlanta. You sitting on the porch in Compton. Sitting on the porch in You sitting on the. Yes, yes, y'all. Turn it up, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that beat. You gotta, you gotta tell us who did that. You didn't do it, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. A young man named Ben, um, who's a good friend of my niece Hunter, um, created the mm-hmm. beat, and it does have a, it does have a radio remix. Uh, the young folk uh, said, you know, you can't play the whole poem on the radio, and I thought, well, it is about the message. It truly is. And then Ben produced a remix, and so um, there is a a radio remix, which does some of the poem, but it really kind of runs that hook because that's what you have in songs these days, right? You have a good right, beat, right, you have right. a hook, and you and the hook can say whatever basically you want it to say, all kinds of things, right? So my, right. my thought was, let's, yeah, let's increase awareness of the importance of healthy listening choices because it seems like, no, I don't know who, how many people are talking about what's being played on the radio and and, and the messages that are that our kids get, and you know we got a right. lot going on in society, but this is one issue that I know is it needs to be addressed, and I, and I'd like to take that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right, you know, and, and it's a, something that's interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine. You mentioned Ben. I have a great friend Ben as well. We were talking about now um, young people are so into communicating via social media that you know. Adults oftentimes think that because their kids can navigate social media better than them, that they somehow know more than them. But the fact of the matter is, is most adults know how to do something that a lot of young people don't know how to do nowadays, and that's hold a conversation. Right. <laughs> a right. real Absolutely. conversation. A real conversation. They, they know how to... They know how to meet someone that they've never met before and engage them in conversation and get to know them. Young people don't know how to do that anymore. It's true. You know? It's true. Yeah. I've seen people that don't know one another meet one another and say, yeah, what's your Facebook? And that's it. And they immediately start talking to one another and walk away. It's Mm -hmm. crazy now. Mm -hmm. Society Mm -hmm. is, is, is being flipped on its head, and it's like no one's really noticing. Right. Well, I said I said what twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, in Mercy, my poem, Mercy, that we're on mm-hmm. the slippery slope. Yeah. And so you're right, Michael. When it when you say that the words that were given to me in just seven hours in that book and in that CD um, are are more relevant, actually more relevant today than they were even then, because it's hasn't. We just started moving quicker. 
more quickly. You know, we're just moving faster. And, I mean, when I say in the, the line, this generation is generated babies with cell phones nurturing on a megabyte, supersized faster and faster instead of mother's milk, I've seen mm-hmm. babies under one holding cell phones in their hands, holding iPod, iPods, iPads you know, in their hands and navigating those things. This is what we're doing to with our babies. And so it's real. This is real. We need to have the conversation and reverse, you know, this momentum a little bit and make sure that we can teach social emotional learning to our to our kids again. You know, we're concerned about social emotional learning and behavior in schools. We need to get back to the basics. We've left the basics behind twenty, thirty years ago and we need to reclaim some of the best parts of our community, best parts of the old school. We need to we need to bring it back. And if we I feel like I'm a dinosaur in some sense. If we don't do this as part of our legacy, you know, will the next generation even remember? Will they know if we don't take them out and show them life before fast forward motion? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is disappearing. It's almost as if a whole culture or way of life is disappearing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in the day, we could laugh when we would show a young person a cassette tape and they would say, what's that? But there is a, a different way of life now. And the way young people are connecting and developing relationships, they're fragile because they're they're meaningless in a lot of ways because they're based on copied text, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could look at a, a young person's phone with 20 people together. And find the same phrases on everyone's phones for conversations because they're really empty. They're just saying the thing that's to say as opposed to really communicating. Yeah, and yet 25 to 30% of young people are deciding to opt out of the educational process, right? Um, We Mm. didn't have that phenomenon back back in the day. They're lacking motivation. And part of what I say in that poem is, you know, they're lacking motivation. What are they going to do without? What are they going to do without an education? You know, we need to in, in, inspire learning, inspire these things. Instead, youth are seem to be more despondent and less engaged um, in the educational process. We're so focused on teaching to the test that we've lost some basic things. Like, how about just the driver's ed programs and the um, culinary arts? I had home ec, right? I had shop when I was um, in middle school. To take all of these things out and, and focus on the the test, yet we are not improving our graduation rate. Every 26 seconds during the school year, a young person across the country decides to opt out of the educational process, and yet we're moving fast so many other things and distracted with so many other things that, um, you know, we, we have to have the conversation and say, what do we do? And how do we get off of this slippery slope and teach uh, the old school values the way we knew and those mm-hmm. values that we that nurtured us? How do we go back there? And so this 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 song is really about starting that conversation. And I right. do believe that part of my purpose is to mark time. You know, there have been people mm. like the like the Amish, right? They mark time for us and show us that horse and buggies and that that time frame was only 100 years ago. You know, on the book of Daniel, he talked about a boost of knowledge, like unprecedented. I don't know that we've had a boost of knowledge the way in history, the way that we've seen in this last, you know, 100 years or so. We haven't seen it. So when we talk about moving fast and the slippery slope and all of those things, you know, I feel like part of what I'm called to do that I must do is mark time, at least for my generation, from 1968. That's the date that I made my entrance into this material realm. And so I feel like I need, I'm called with a message to mark time from there, at least, and say, look, we got to, we've had to reclaim some of the best parts of this because otherwise, this is our, this is our future. This is our legacy. These babies are our legacy. You know, this is a really, really good intro into Mercy. So we're going to do Mercy. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Mercy, mercy me. Things 
things ain't what they used to be, no. Things ain't what they used to be. We, we, us, that's you and me. We have got to be different. We can't stay the same. We have got to enlighten every member of the game. In this game of life, there's too much strife. There's too much hurt. There's too much hate. Everyone's perceptions cloud the debate. Right and wrong. Wrong and right. Where is our fight? I say, let there be light. Truth first starts the healing of our pain. For us, he was slain. Ain't no time to be lame. It's time to reclaim, rebirth, and rename the game. I came to proclaim through enlightenment. And that's the only reason why I was sent and rest no more. No lies to adorn. We have to teach the kids all the reasons why. We have to teach the kids not to fall but to fly. They're killing each other, incarcerated, following the lie, mindlessly indoctrinated. Why, oh why could willing it to be the reason his ways still pleasing, his grave, his legacy still breathing our minds? Think about it, if you will, the process of thinking he did kill as he set up for generation after generation. It's still clear that we haven't recovered. Shackle in the mind, my people, shackle in the mind, it's time for a revolution. You see, I think that a revolution is the only solution to this here pollution of the mind. A revolutionary method to unwash the brain, to cleanse the stain. The revolution is the truth, we must speak the truth and live the truth. A revolutionary method to rid us of corruption, destruction. We can't stop talking about it until our people, our children are thinking about it. Thinking, thinking it all, thinking it all. Us up against the wall, our arms and legs spread tall. Y'all, can't you see the state of mind of the majority? Are the educated in the African American community the majority? Are the enlightened in the African American community the majority? Are the responsible men in the African American community the majority? Is spirituality the majority of our youth? If you can't say yes, then it's time to be set free. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be. Now the radio sings the sound of fornication bound, the sound of Sodom and Gomorrah bound. Explicit lyrics of lust, lust, lust. It's okay to sing about where to lick me, where to stick me. In our society, the adults say let it be. Mercy, mercy me for the children to see. In our society, right is wrong and wrong is right. That's the song they sing with all their might. Sober is wrong and DUI is right. That's the tune they chant with all their might. Crystal to drink. That's all they think, and that dance of their minds think Adorning nothing but a mink, drink, drink, drink Whore, Babylon does wink, our society does sink Into a pit of death, it stinks When will we stop to think, think, think But that's what they said about rock and roll 103.9, this Jackie told That's what replied, half past nine To the sound of my words Freedom of speech is what they say Freedom to destroy the morals of yesterday Well, this is what I have to say This is what I have to say, y'all. How far are we? How far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to show? Slippery slope, this is slippery slope. Act like we know, no righteousness we glow. I ain't willing to go on the Sodom and Gomorrah show. Does anything go? Does anything go? Does anything go? Don't say no till you open your eyes. Take a look at your world. Anything goes on the radio, practically anything goes on that videos, anything goes on those reality shows, violence cries, the video game woes, and that's why our children don't grow. Anything goes in a political game show, still the presidency is just what we know. Contradictions, truth, derelictions, responsibility and remission, it's all fiction, it's a lie. Mercy, mercy me, things ain't what they seem to be, no, if we don't grab the mic, make a plan, take a stand, this land will stand in the shoes of S&G. Can't you see that's the prophecy? Giving ourselves right with God is the only possibility of being free for eternity. If things ain't what they used to be then, when Marvin Gaye sang it, and things ain't what they used to be now, then we need to be on the ground, prostrate, let's debate what we create, what we delegate to our youth, how we relate to the truth, our walk, and our gate. Let's get it straight before it's too late. Mercy, mercy, mercy. 
Wow, man. Yeah. Every time I hear that, it's the same. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you just sum up so much of what's going on in today and society's ills all, you know, you just touch on everything at once and, you know, you keep going and and let people know there's a lot to think about. There's a lot that's gone wrong. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us have not been paying attention. Yeah. 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 So just keeping that conversation going. And I, I do realize that I can continue to, to speak mercy. I said I, I wouldn't stop talking about it until our people, our children are thinking about it. Right. And so mm-hmm. I realized, mm-hmm. that, no, I'm not going to stop delivering mercy. I've delivered that poem hundreds of times up and down the East Coast and on the West Coast, and um, and, and I just got to keep keep getting it, keep saying it, <laughs> keep saying it, keep speaking life into folk, innate abilities and purpose, and and continue to um, be the change that, as Mahatma Gandhi said, that we want to see in the world, and continue to pay forward um, principles and, and practices and purpose in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I really want to put another one out there. Um, I, I really want to do two more. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is my music to me. I mean, you know, if anybody's ever ridden in my car for a long time, they're going to hear some some Nia, some Marnie Williams. Yeah, seriously, and they're going to be like, yeah. "What? Really? Well, I have, you know, I do have some updated and more updated information on what I'm doing currently. That's kind of exciting as well. Oh, do tell more about that. Well, I'm volunteering at my church. I love my church. Impact um, doing church differently. Impact D C D um, dot org, and it's just an amazing group of young people and ministers there. And so um, regularly uh, reaching out to the youth there, a guest facilitator with the youth, and also with connection groups doing some facilitating at um, high schools here in Georgia, everything from motivational speaking to writing workshops. And so just still giving back to the community the way I did in Delaware, and I found a way to do that. So I'm also um, an independent consultant here in Atlanta and have some pretty exciting projects going on related to dismantling the school-to-prison pipeline and still teaching online with Wilmington University as well. And so um, what God has done in uh, really bringing me here and getting me connected in conversations and um, and in um, inspiring folks. Um, I'm also a, I've got a couple of new certifications and trainings in youth work methods with the Weikert Institute. So I'm a, and another training certification and external assessor certification. So working with um, professionals as well, I have found a niche as an executive and leadership coach, it really is the best of what I do um, to inspire mm. people to grow, yeah, to inspire right. people to increase in self-awareness, to embrace change, to learn and to grow, not only in their professional lives, but in their personal lives. I um, call it well coaching, writing, executive life, and leadership in life, because you don't separate the person you are from the professional you are, right? And so as right. you are processing and you talk about, you know, embracing change and how do you get to that place when you're in a career that you're not happy with and how and you want and desire to accomplish what you have envisioned in your in your heart and your mind and your soul, how do you get there? And so executive and leadership coaching has been um, really a blessing for me as well, and I've had several large contracts and clients in that, um, that avenue as well. So it's all connected, the writing, the... Um, living life in purpose and being able to share my experiences as a a leader and in coaching other folk actually as their supervisor and my leadership style and the things that I've taught at Wilmington University. It's amazing how um, when you embrace the process of just listening and reflecting and, and purpose, how the Almighty will connect everything. Everything is connected. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's my experience, and that's my testimony, and that's why I love living a life of purpose so much. Yeah, and I think I've been a beneficiary of some of your many sessions too, and some of our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you can't turn it off. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't turn it off. I, I really know. I've learned that there are no coincidences in purpose, and it, so it doesn't matter where, when. You know, I know it's, it is a lifestyle for me, and I'm just called to do that, and I, I get that. And I've, I've, I've had that realization. I had the aha moment many years ago, so I think that mm-hmm. when you open yourself to it and when you're aware of your purpose, then you live it more more fully. You can live yeah, it more fully. Yeah. And so I am keenly aware of when I am coaching people just all day long, probably coaching and just, you know, helping people, paying it forward. And, you know, I believe that when you give, you receive, Michael. I, mm-hmm. I believe that when you when you give from a humble place, it's reciprocal. It's not just a one-way process. So I might then I'm filled up, you know, I'm inspired to continue to sow those seeds as well. It's, it's like the notion of, I believe that when you teach as an instructor, a teacher, a trainer, a facilitator, I learn something every time I teach a class. Every teaching moment is an opportunity opportunity for me to learn and to grow. And so I am venting and living what I inspire as well. I embrace change. And so when people say, Nia, you're doing one more thing? Yes, I'm an aspiring percussionist. And when I <laughs> and when I retire, <laughs> do when what I you add do. the percussion to the Zumba, right? <laughs> right. And right. And all of it, all of the above. Live life to the fullest. Why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of us need to, you know, get out there. We have found ways to sort of segment ourselves from real life. And um, it's just a, it starts with just the little things. And, you know, it mm-hmm. could be just anything, but whatever consumes you more than likely is something that you don't need to spend that much time in. And if it's not fulfilling, it's definitely detracting from who you are. And uh, I think people really ought to just think about their lives and try to identify those things and, and really look at what is important to them and important to other people, because purpose always has an impact on others. You know, mm-hmm. God never mm-hmm. God. Yeah, he never set you up to do anything just for you, for you to just bathe in the glory of his blessings. It's always for other people. So people really who are having an impact on others feel, you know, a sense of fulfillment that you you just can't get from any other place. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny that you talk about those distracting things. I I really kind of say I don't have a life other than church. Um, I do things sporadically. Went to that Molly concert. I'm going to give a shout-out to my brother Molly and keep holding him up in prayer (laughs) because he is, oh, my gosh, he's just bringing and delivering a word, a calling. Actually, his his message does sound a lot like my poetry. It really does. It's just it's Mm -hmm. connected. Um, And so I just, you know, did that last night, Gary, but I don't have a life. And when you talk about distracting things, I have – I live pretty – you know, holistic life. I, in terms of practicing affirmations, gratitude, writing, reflecting, keeping a daily journal, and I don't have a TV in my house. I literally mm. made the cho- I made the choice when I moved to Atlanta to give my two TVs to my oldest son, and I made a choice. So I'm not consuming a lot of time with um, my my mindless actions are the kind of um, activities that either help me to clear my mind, meditation, get to zero, you know, just kind of get to a peaceful state or processing. I'm reflecting and I'm processing. So those are the things that clear my mind. They're healthy things, mind, body, spirit, and emotion that help me to balance, maintain balance. And so those are, you know, I don't really have a, a lot of that kind of mind that's sitting in front of the TV and I'm not, you know, I'm more, I've kind of phased out of that. And it's it's got some downside to it. I need to know what's going on in the world, right? <laughs> so I listen to radio. I listen to talk. I listen to talk radio, and I read the newspapers, mm-hmm. and I, I get my news in that way. But and when I visit people, I watch TV, and you know, I consume a little bit. But it's I'm, I'm very I'm conscious of how much consumption, right, and of those right. things, and mm-hmm. how it makes me feel mm-hmm. when I do it, you know, and how to process that, you know, as well. So yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, um, I, I really do want to play two more. I want to play nine one one and lawyers and the scribe, and lawyers and the scribe because I think that's your story. That 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 tells 
who you are and talks about that transition so well. And um, Why don't you say it, lawyer as in scribe first? Because I'd love to talk okay. about how I will come full circle to the law and what I'm doing currently. That would be perfect. Okay. So lawyer as cool. scribe would be perfect. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Okay. Nia with lawyers and scribes. Attorney Ivy, yeah, heck yeah, that's me, educated in this here society, temple bred and spiritually fed in Philly, yeah, Philly, Philly, y'all, temple bred, there I was led to start my journey for the truth, you see, I went to the temple for the truth, symbolically, literally, angel she was, opened my eyes to the process, legal process of this justice system. On my back, there they stood with their lack of truth. President, a lie that sent us back to jail. Truth to derail. But you didn't follow what you call precedent. You just lent your own bent lies. Dictum, Latin for lying scum. Differentiate between dictum and holding to hold on to your lack of precedent. No man-made exam can test. God's advocacy is the best. Justice, there is no justice, no balance, and no chance. Yes, this little black girl, Chester Pearl, just south of Philly girl, a country Philly Pearl from your so called ghetto. Yeah, little skinny black girl, Chester Pearl. And I'll say it out loud, Chester, and I'm proud. Got your knowledge of your ways. When I praise your ways, when I glaze the truth. See, your founding father landed his foot on that town. Try not to frown, that was the ground that bred me, and that is why I see the history of the place from where I be. To shame for so many years through the tears of where I'm from, cause you turned where I'm from, the town from which you come, the town from which you came, the town in which Dr. Martin Luther King was trained, into a crack infested, four square miles attested, my people arrested in the mind, will not find peace until I uncover the truth of this here congested with more than four governmental projects projected for destruction, corruption of the perfect location of buildings of old but the truth untold. Can't remember the memories of the past. Oh no, they do not last because alas, what have you done? See, this is a poem, a poem about him. You know the man. This is about his system, his justice system, just his system for him. Systematic, programmatic, dogmatic, shackles of the mind, dogmatic, just his system according to his story see he wasn't even smart enough to see that what it was named and how it was famed would grow up and claim exactly what it is his story a lie because other things do exist because we did resist because it didn't happen that way seize the day i will not be part of that system and the law that's me but i refuse to be his attorney attorney means license to practice no justice no peace time to release the truth Lawyer roll call, y'all, Randall, humble man of peace. Refused to eat for a while, warm smile next to me. You ate your meal, for Mandela made a deal. All the while, kept it real. Harvard trained, revolution gained. Refused to practice in the traditional sense, no coincidence. Jesse, I remember the day I stumbled over my words to say thank you for coming to Penn State on that date to give hope, and that was great. Across my path they came, no need to blame coincidence. It only makes sense. See, it was meant to show me the way, the way that I went, my time and my money spent so that I could see and know the law, y'all, compare it to God's law, y'all. I'm a lawyer, as inscribed, no time to bribe, not part of man's plan, but part of God's hand, his holy plan. See, Jesus spoke prophetic sayings, riddles of the spiritual mind, he spoke against the establishment, established hell-bent on lies. He wanted no part of that establishment of hypocrites, of Pharisees of Sadducees, it's Sadducee, the hypocrisy, hypocrisy. You know, I, yeah. I really love the wordplay in this track. It's just it's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, you, you keep breaking it down, and it's just like, wow, wow, wow. You know, you're digging so deep. 
you know, wow. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because we're talking, you know, back in 2001 when I wrote the words and they were coming so quickly that I literally Mm. did write that first book in about seven hours because I was just hearing the words Mm. pour out. And I want to say this because we talk about connection and purpose. It was the poem to my youth, the young people in communities and schools preparing for their first, my very first banquet with them, end-of-year celebration, that the poetry sort of hit me with that one poem. It was a poem to them. In that book, mm. you know, I'm sitting in there doing my daughter's hair, and I heard the words. I could hear the words. It was coming in, you know, four stanzas. It was each each young person. And it, I was thinking, hmm, that sounds good. Hmm, that sounds good. I'm just doing And it just started it, it hit me, but it came first. It's almost like I, I could have never birthed the artist in me, the poet in me, the spoken word artist, the author in me, any of those things if I had not been obedient to my call to work with young people. And so I delivered right. that poem to them in the, at that banquet. And wow. in certain shortly thereafter, I, I heard Mercy. I, I would, you know, just be sitting there and I'd hear the words to her and I'd just start writing. Or I would be in the mm-hmm. car and traveling from my house to my sister's house and I kept a, a tape recorder with me. I learned to do that then. And I just spoke innate abilities right into the microphone from the time that, you know, I was I was traveling, the innate abilities to consider the possibilities, innate abilities to work through responsibilities. It came out just like that by the time I was at my mm-hmm. destination, you know, it was it was done. It was really in those moments, those were magical moments, you know, and, and purposeful moments. And this is the work and it still is relevant and yeah, I was a conduit for those words, and I'm still in awe of all. I'm using that those two words together. I'm all of all that the Almighty has done, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just accepting and realizing I'm a poet, and birthing the poet in me, and accepting it, and and embracing it, and then speaking it, and you know, I um, it's a process. It's all a process, and so as long as we go in faith, knowing that what we have in our hearts, what we have in our minds is there for a reason, a season, a plan, and a purpose is there for us to um, use it as a a guideline, a, a strategic plan for our lives. And we can see the fruition of that. We can birth those things into the world, and that's what we're called to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, we we all have been given special talents and abilities. And it's not just so that we can be proud of those things and show them off right. to help. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sometimes people don't go any further than that. They just look at something that they have that they can do, but they don't reach out to make an impact. And I think that people really, some may know of what your talents are, but you're not just using it the way that you could. And once you release that by mm-hmm. offering it, Mm-hmm. You know, it can be much bigger than yourself. It's the only way it can possibly be bigger than who you are. It yeah. is totally, I, I have that realization, you know, we talk about self-actualization. Um, and I, I feel that at this, at this point in my life where I have an empty nest, I have grown children, and I'm doing everything that's kind of come full circle right back almost into the law with the advocacy work that I'm doing here in Georgia. And he's using every single gift and talent and experience and using me to impact others, to impact others, to impact others largely. You know, it's, it, it is beyond me. It's, it's so much bigger than me. I'm just, I guess I'm in awe of just the, the kinds of connections that the Almighty has set up in my life lately. I thought there's no way I, could have, I couldn't have written this script if I tried to. I couldn't have written this down and planned mm-hmm. it. I couldn't have planned this this way. There's no way. Because he, you know, the Almighty is omnipotent, knows all. And so we have to be patient. You know, coming here in that first six months, it was, it was, there was patience growing in me, you know, everything in due time, in due season. And he does call us to oftentimes to go through a humbling period, a period where we have to sit and wait, where we have to have faith and maybe even go without some things, Right that sacrifice, but nevertheless, to hold steady, to hold fast, you know, because faith is, you know, being sure of what you, what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. 
And so just like you plant that seed in the ground and you are hopeful that it's going to produce and yield a harvest, it's exactly what in our individual lives is all about. And when it comes to paying it forward, I'm, I, I've been blessed to be able to sow hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of seeds of hope and purpose in the lives of hundreds of young people and adults. And just with the prayer that God activate, let it grow, let it continue to grow, let it, let everyone continue to, you know, to to embrace purpose and know what they're called to do and come together and change so we can all change the world. That's how you have true change, you know, change in the world is when we can truly all have our own personal experience, right, our own personal revolution, really, and be the change that we want to see in the world. That is what Mahatma Gandhi said, and that is a revolutionary concept because people are so distracted, right, they're so busy looking at other folks, pointing the finger, talking about other folks, so distracted with so many different things, that how are they working on our, them, themselves? It takes our entire lifetime to be and birth who we are. <laughs> yeah, our entire Man. lifetime. If we focus on and, ourselves, you know, mind, I, body, spirit, and emotion. Mm-hmm. We are running out of time, and I did want to get in nine one one because it's it's such a, a great um, word for our time. And then we'll be right out. We'll close out the show right after that. Okay. 911 emergency wake up call. I awake, 245 wide awake to write this piece and I write. 911 emergency wake up call calamity got the best of me. Why can't we see? Emergency, my spirit stirs inside of me. Won't let me be. Lauren's words stir me, her guitar. She sings this song. Emergency, calamity, hypocrisy, spiritually, adultery, we're guilty. Why can't we see? Suffering for eternity if our sins, we don't set them free. It's almost three. 911 emergency, calamity, destroying the best of me until I see the hypocrisy constantly. He's reigning on his territory, y'all. Attempts at destroying God's glory, conflict of history, prophecy battling my body constantly won't let me be. It's almost three. In time we be because of the history of sin destroying eternity from the beginning, eternal battling of offspring. This is the outworking of the sin in me. God's fighting the evil one through me. I'm his offspring and you. Time set in place just to do this very thing. 911 emergency calamity. Which side if you please? Do you want to be almost 315? Which side if you please? Will you be choosing a verdict? The seed of a woman will bruise the heel. Prophecy. God thinking. Speaking of what will be. Speaking time into place. Time into place. We're caught in time. In this place called in time, don't let your mind race. This is time. Get my rhyme. Time created for the battle because of sin. Think of its origin. Time is a thing that God had to bring. Only a course in his ring of eternity. 911 emergency calamity. We're in the middle. Why can't we see? No hierarchy is what we need to care for the needy. Why can't we see that selfishly it's not what to be? Lying, destroying, prying, idolatry, adultery, killing, bribing, all the working of this territory and time. Stop, repent, what are your thoughts? Repent, what's in your heart? Repent, don't lie to yourself. Repent, we all need to repent. 911 emergency calamity. Start studying the Magi saying, prophecy is what that be. Peace won't be, peace we won't see. I said, peace won't be in this territory of time. It's ending, it's ending this time. 911 emergency calamity in society of debauchery loathingly is what we be. Check the prophecy and you will see. Be holy, be holy to the degree of doing it righteously, walking straight. You will be understanding. Going on 3:30, repent, radically changing your life. That be too holy. Praying regularly, fanatically, lovingly. 911 emergency wake up call. Calamity. We should be purposely preparing for battle. Deny your body, the flesh that be. Don't listen to society carnally, wrongfully. It's the enemy of the truth. Let the truth be told. The history of society is a mystery to the majority. Wasteland, Satan has wasted the land. We must take a stand. No peace to release. We're in battle. Press release. We're in battle. Time is short. 911, emergency, wake up, call calamity. In this society, why can't we see?
No. Yeah. Well, thank you, Neha. I really appreciate you popping in and sharing wisdom and inspiration with my listeners. And, you know, um, any closing thoughts on um, any information you want to share with folks before we go? I just want to share my my website is nia22.com, and then the Zumba site is nia22.zumba.com. And marniewilliams.com is still there. You can get to all three websites um, interchangeably. And I just want to make one other point. You know, we – the poetry is relevant. 911. When I listen to those words, I'm glad you played that last. And we turn on the radio, we listen to CNN or whatever the news report is. It just seems like there's no peace. We don't get peace from turning on the news. That's for sure. So it's time for mm-hmm. us to really live largely in purpose and consider what God is calling us to do. Absolutely. <laughs> well said. Well, thank you, Nia. We look forward to. You know, having you on again, and I look forward to talking with you again in the near future as well. And yes. uh, we wish you, you know, big blessings in all that you do. And um, just thank you for um, your outreach to the world. And, um, you know, you are definitely making a difference and a change in people's lives. So I just want to thank you for that, and we appreciate having you on. Thank you, and, and you're welcome. It's always a pleasure, Michael. Okay. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. And um, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words become actions. And watch your actions, they become habits. And watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.